Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Kevin. And I'm John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you guys, is the icon of the genre. Braunschweiger. That's right. Arnold Braunschweiger <laughs> is the icon of the genre. We're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies, and we're breaking them all the way down. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Oh, my God. I feel so good right I now. I feel excellent. Andrew, how do you feel? I am also excellent. I'm excited to talk about the end of this movie. Oh, my gosh. We've made it to the finish line almost of we're, this movie. It's fucking amazing. We're excited to talk to you guys about the last, our last chapter and last action hero. Yeah. And we're excited that people are listening <laughs> all over the world, it seems, which is I'm crazy to think about. I'm away by this. Oh, we've had, like, listens tons of listens of late from australia so guys Get we ready. know you're there g'day you're listening to the podcast tell your friends to check it out too because coming up next uh starting next week we got something that we think will appeal to you aussie fans um fucking australian action classic the road warrior the road warrior we're gonna do it um there's not gonna be a lot to pick apart that's bad but because there's we so, love much, it so much. But there's so much weird. Yeah, there's so much weird shit to talk about. It's gonna be fucking including awesome. assless chaps, feral kids, <laughs> feral kids, boomerangs, uh, hockey masks. Uh, it's gonna be gyro amazing. Gyro captains eating dog food. <laughs> it's the climate change post-apocalypse. I've really been looking forward to. <laughs> it's fucking badass. <laughs> Absolutely so, amazing film. That's something to look forward to, fans, listeners, faithful, intrepid listeners. As a listener myself, I'm super excited. Hey, <laughs> we are excited to have our buddy Andrew Miller, who's checking in with us remotely uh, from Houston, Texas. Uh, Kevin and I are both here in Atlanta, Georgia. I feel good. I feel like yeah. we've gotten the movie. The movie has gotten back on track. That's right. <laughs> and we've gotten back on track. Uh, what's everybody? What's what's everybody drinking? That's gotten them back on track. Mm. <laughs> We're drinking that. Um, what is that? Old Pepper Distilleries old, Rye Whiskey. Old Pepper. Beautiful label on it, the rye. Yeah, it's it was of, delicious. It's sort of reminiscent of a, an E.H. Taylor, if you're if you're nasty, if you're familiar with E.H. Taylor <laughs> bourbon whiskey. It's got that feel to it. Um, the it shape of the bottle only, or it, the whole uh, thing. It looks classic. Yeah, it just looks very, very, very classic. Okay. Oh, man. Like something you drink in Deadwood. I'm, What's going on I'm, in Houston, I'm though? wishing I had one of those, uh, a glass of rye with you guys, but I am drinking um, one St. Arnold's summer pills in its tech hey. in, the, in the technicolor can um beautiful yeah things trippy really enjoying it as we uh we start to broach uh 90 degree temperatures here in oh. the beginning of may yeah for 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 those of you who can remember back to uh the days when kevin would come visit and record in houston when i lived Sweaty there apartment it, yeah it'd be like <laughs> we'd be we'd be dripping sweat indoors with the air on in may so yeah, yeah we, we feel your pain um, but we're glad you're 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Life is paying paying bills and life, sweating. Life is, pain, life is pain and sweating. Pain, pain don't hurt. <laughs> that's amazing. Like a truck. Uh, so like a machine. Like a truck. Um. Anyway, we're talking about last action hero that's though here right. today, boys. Uh. So. The movie basically is about this kid, Danny Madigan. He's a big action movie fan. Uh, he's he's leapt using a magic ticket. He's been able to, like, whatever, be transported into the world of Jack Slater. This is, like, his favorite action franchise. Jack Slater is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Um, in a meta thing, like, he's aware that this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, but Jack Slater doesn't know that he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. They clash with this bad guy, Benedict, who's, like, the posh Englishman think uh hans gruber right like turned up to 11 basically um they've now broken back out of jack slater sort of movie world into danny's real world new york benedict is all pumped because he's like you know here in the real world the bad guy can win <laughs> so he's gone into another jack slater movie a previous jack slater movie and brought the ripper uh, right, the villain from that film out. Right in the cold open we saw. Yeah, yeah, and his plan is basically if we can kill Jack Slater here or, or kill Arnold Schwarzenegger, right, right, right. there will be no more Slater movies and we can just be bad guys without a, a good guy to stop us. So they're on a collision course. That's and, right. Uh, that's where we're picking up. What the hell is going to happen? Well, I'm glad I'm glad I asked. <laughs> we, we, we pick up with Jack and Danny wandering the rainy New York city streets where Jack has, he's like theorized that a clue is just going to fall into our laps because that's the way things that's work. the way that's what Jack is saying, right? Like he's like, usually a clue just presents itself to me. At Wasn't this time. he berating Danny earlier in this movie for thinking that the house, they're just going to find the house. <laughs> yes. He's berating he was. him. Well, it was too early for the, for the solution to present itself. And you're applying, <laughs> you're applying logic to a film that has time and again decided, no, nah, we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Danny says, Hey, that's not going to happen because this is the real world. And the the real world sucks. So <laughs> again, this is a bit where they, they, this is where they could have picked up that storyline, the thread of, of Slater as a father figure to uh -huh. Danny. Yep. But right. instead, I think they've just decided like, we're going to make Danny and Jack buddies. Yeah. It's like the, they're not going for the father son dynamic. They're going for just buddies. Right. Well, well, and we've made this comparison a couple of times with, with back to the future. What, right. What right, turns right. out to be the case is, you know, Marty goes back in time and hangs out with his dad and they become buddies like peers right. at that point. I Good feel point. like Jack is so childish and naive because he's lived in the movie world that he can't serve that role effectively. And so they were like, we'll make him we'll make him appear instead. Good point. Yeah. So Jack gets angry at Danny being like, hey, the real world sucks and tells him is like the world is what you make of it. And he asks Danny, like why he believes in him in the movies, but not here. And Danny's like, well, because here you're just, and he sort of like trails off and Jack's, Jack's like crushed. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> but what was he going to say? I think he's like, because you hear you're just an actor. Okay. Is it because here you're just a human, you're regular, you're a regular guy. Yeah. yeah. You can be killed here. Okay. Um, yeah. Jack is despondent, walks away. <laughs> And then it's at that point that, Dan, like, miraculously, just <laughs> like, like in a movie. Said, like yeah. he said he would. The, so he would just on their laps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Danny spots Benedict across the busy street and calls to Jack. And then Jack, like, 
like in movie hero fashion, runs across on the roofs of cabs across the street. Well, shades of the open of the cold yeah. open. Yeah, yep. definitely. So I love that he's still superhuman feet of strength strong. Except he does the the he falls and falls through the he windshield stumbles, of the car. He stumbles and breaks the windshield, but he still rips the door off a cab, which Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger can't rip a door off a car. He literally ripped the door. I don't know that anyone can. I don't know how a door of a car is attached and how it's able to come on and off, but he did just literally rip the door off With that one car. hand, it seemed like. If anyone <laughs> can do it, I imagine it's Arnold. Well, yeah, maybe at the, I don't know. Mr. Olympian. Anyway, the cab is empty. We don't know if he can or not. But Jack has this like bizarre exchange with the cabbie. Uh, dude, do you remember this? Larry's like, you know, those movies where they say make my day or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. It's so. It's like what? What? You, he's what? like, you didn't know I'm going to say that, did you? Uh, he's he's like trying to. He's like yeah. tr- trying to prove I'm a real boy. It's like Pinocchio. I'm a real boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's fucking weird. It's, wacky. A, yeah, it's another family movie funny moment. That'll be the thing that gets the kids to laugh to hear rubber baby buggy. Bu- I can't say it. Damn it. Because, See, you can't even because say that's it, the you thing fuck. that all the kids are saying these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, ch- children love a tongue twister. Maybe it's funny just because it's our, I don't know. Anyway, but Jack finds Benedict's newspaper in the back seat with Schwarzenegger's named X out and like mm. uh, red Sharpie. And so we kind of figure where the action is moving. Yeah. Cut to the Times Square premiere of Jack Slater. I can't imagine being anywhere worse in the world than the movie, a, mo- a movie premiere in Times Square, unless I'm an actor in the movie. Unless you're getting the red carpet treatment. I don't want to be there. I wouldn't want to be there at all. Like, fuck that. <laughs> Times Square by itself is like, no, thank you. Midtown, this, stay This away. is also like a, a clearly different Times Square than the Hookerfield one that we saw at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Right. Exactly. Um, True. So, yeah. So we see Arnold Schwarzenegger real Arnold Schwarzenegger, like real world Arnold Schwarzenegger showing up with uh, then wife Maria Shriver. <laughs> Worlds are colliding now. Right. Her part is so bitchy. Like, I don't know if that I was like an it. indication of their marriage or if that's just like she wanted to play that. But man, she's, she's like scolding. She's like, don't talk about the restaurants. I felt bad for her. I was like, <laughs> man, she's being the worst right now. We also had the little Richard cameo. I think probably fresh what off the? recording the twins theme song. Twins. Twins. <laughs> there was Lisa Gibbons for, of RoboCop yes, fame was yes. there uh, in her in her role as like an Entertainment Tonight yep. host. They got Chevy Chase to show up, which was amazing to me because he's <laughs> right? notorious. He's notoriously <laughs> an asshole and really ornery. Right. And like I think Damon Wayans or something. Damon was there. Wayans and Chevy Chase were both there. Pretty awesome, dude. Yeah. I loved the line where uh, I think Arnold said to Maria, "He's like." That's National Enquirer. Don't talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's shadowing his future uh, problems. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Foreshadowing. I, I, yeah. She's scolding Arnold. Don't plug the restaurant or movies because it's tacky. <laughs> it's tacky. Um, it's just so, this is the moment that this movie should like, this is the movie has peaked. Yeah. yeah I think it it's like, this definitely. is amazing. Yeah. So we see Jack Slater, the movie character and Danny racing across town to the premiere. Jack is postulating that Benedict is going to, he's gone into other movies to get help, even mm-hmm. though he doesn't really have, I mean, maybe I guess looking at the newspaper, he, that's what helped him. There's an indication on the newspaper. Cause he like circles the Dracula other movies. He circles right, the Dracula right. one, which that, that drives me nuts now. Like I was always expecting a Dracula, like 
a Dracula to cameo, appear, cameo. The Bram Stoker's thing. Yeah. Maybe he but went it just in there seemed and, like advertising now. It for, was. Yeah, <laughs> it totally is. But how awesome would it have been if um, Gary Oldman had shown up in this movie yeah. as Dracula? Or Bella Lugosi or any number of Dracula portrayers. Yeah, he theorizes that Benedict's going into other movies to get help and that the plan is to kill Schwarzenegger to put an end to Jack Slater once and for all. So then we see like Schwarzenegger that wouldn't out there. Undo the, that wouldn't undo the existence of the films. No, the films so would still exist. So I don't exist. know that that's really a solution, but yeah. it's yeah. good for Danny that I he's guess, figured I it out. I guess maybe <laughs> there could be no more Jack Slater movies, I No guess. subsequent right. Slater yeah. films. I brought this up in the last one too, but like he really phones it in with the number of people that he pulls out of these movies. He does right. not go and get an army of villains, which... Why doesn't he go and get, like, some T-1000s? Yeah. Like, multiple T-1000s to come through mm. in the real world. Yeah, go get the Kraken from um, from uh, Clash of the Titans. Get <laughs> yeah, something, absolutely. Get something monstrous, man. That Don't, army of, like, claymation skeletons You, got, from you had your choice yeah. of all villains of all time, and you picked one man with an axe. <laughs> who, yeah, who has a personal beef with Jack Slater, the character. He has a melee weapon. He doesn't even have anything dangerous. <laughs> he, <laughs> he did have to find a film, I guess, that was playing in a theater. So That's also he, didn't true. Have an, he didn't have an endless Go choice. Go get Screaming Mimi then. <laughs> you know, oh, we for, how soon we forget about Screaming Mimi. Oh, oh, Any oh, number nice. of the like head crushers or yes. blood drinkers or bring a head crusher out. Hot blood. Yeah. Hot, it, hot blood. Yeah. Go get go get that hot blood and bring it into the real world uh. and see what happens. So, yeah, I, we love Arnold doing the red carpet interviews and like like suavely segueing into talking about Planet Hollywood. Like he Maria, did. like drags him away, and like berates him. He did start plugging the, the yeah, of course thing he and he is bragging like this movie's only got 48 kills compared to the previous one. I had 119. It's a He's lot less it more family, family uh, friendly. Yep. There's an amazing dude's. After we're done with this, I suggest you all, there's an amazing compilation on YouTube of every single Arnold kill from every movie he's ever done. Oh. Like these guys mashed it up and there's like, how they long did it, is it? It's about 30 minutes. Shit. <laughs> I like a good supercut. It, it's amazing though. It's amazing. And I highly suggest you guys check all well, check it definitely. out. The guys who did it, I'll give them a plug. I have no idea if they're still making new movies. They did the same for Stallone. Okay. They're called, it's called Aural knots, A U R A L N A U T S. Ear oh, sailors. Aural knots. Yeah. Check them out. It's amazing. I can't believe the videos haven't been pulled down for like rights violations yet, but uh, or mm. copyright violations. But fuck it, it's amazing. Watch it before it's gone. Cool. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have to get on that immediately. So then we see the Ripper, the the movie character, we guess, stalking the red carpet. People think, though, like uh, Lisa Gibbons and others, think that that's Tom mm -hmm. Noonan in character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yuck, yucking it up like, oh, he looks scary more. When Noonan showed up as the Ripper, this guy uh -huh. like who seems to be like red carpet security or something comes and takes him away. And it was fucking Peter Kent, Schwarzenegger's stunt double, the one who played his the the faux twin who walked out in right. twins. Oh, oh. Right, 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 right. That's awesome. That's also, awesome. Then Noonan's like fake agent shows up. And, uh, Rick, they, yeah, what's a his uh, Duckman? Yeah, Duckman, who was in Die Hard, who was in The Burbs, who was in all he has tons uh, of eighties stuff. My ridiculous connection to that actor is that he played the limo driver in Disney's Blank Check. 
Which is, oh fuck yes! Which is a weird <laughs> guilty pleasure. Which was, which was every ten ten year old's wet yeah. dream was to get a blank check one for a million, million dollars. But that also has the RoboCop connection because um, what's his name? That's the bad guy in RoboCop is the bad guy in Blank Check. Um, Ronnie Cox. No. Um, uh, Kurt Wood Smith. Kurt Wood Smith. No, no, no. Damn it. Um, the bald the bald guy that creates RoboCop. I'm ruining this whole section so you can. No, you're it not. Out. Um, the, oh, oh, um, Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer. I'm sorry, I just blanked on his name, but Miguel no, Ferrer. Yeah, that's fine. That's why we're here. He's, Twin Peaks and, fame. And Tone, Tone Loke is in it. Um, <laughs> that, like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. How did you spend a million dollars in three days? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, like, easy. What? He bought so, a house in California. Day. Yeah. The Easter eggs, like, don't. You guys, I, in between the last time we recorded and this time, I, I discovered the origin of the term Easter egg. Yeah. Do you guys know that? No. So apparently in Rocky Horror Picture Show, the cultiest movie ever, maybe, uh-huh. they like did an Easter egg hunt on the set of the film, like just for fun. And they, you know, and they didn't find all of them. So if you watch Rocky Horror Picture Show, you'll You're just see random Easter, Easter eggs. eggs sitting around in some of the frames. And that is the origin of the term oh, Easter egg. Brilliant! Like you watch, you watch the movie looking for the Easter eggs. That's so bad. Nice. It's like it's, it's like fucking amazing. It's like in the room with the spoons, where like they wait <laughs> until they see the photos of the spoons, and then everyone in the theater throws their collection of plastic spoons at the screen. <laughs> I love uh, shit like that. Yeah, movies are great. Movies are what brings us together. It's like a fucking. That's what we've been missing in pandemic times. Yeah. Is like that community experience. Absolutely. Can't wait to be back in a theater. Speaking of theater, yeah, then we see <laughs> Noonan's agent, uh, Duckman. He's angry at uh, him, who he thinks is Noonan, showing up as the Ripper, saying showing up in costumes bad for your career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, then we see, we get like this More uh, litany of uh, red carpet cameos. That's where we had like Belushi was there, uh, who he did Red Heat with. Yes. There was Jean-Claude Van Damme was there looking like decked out fucking MC Hammer with a rat tail. So <laughs> I think he always had a rat tail. Did he? Um, and so uh, Jack and Danny come running up. Then it's at that point we cut back in real Tom Noonan, just like looking, just like your yes. like your dad's dentist showing yeah. up <laughs> like in a tuxedo. You're like he's like, there to do some taxes. Jack asks where, like, asks one of the workers at the theater where he, and by he he means Schwartz. I'm like, where am I supposed to be sitting? Yeah, and he's told it's the lower balcony, and he tells Danny, "You wait in the lobby and stay out of trouble," which is exactly what you would say to your <laughs> yeah. like sidekick, like that so, moment before when he told him to sit in the car. Right, exactly. So the Ripper up in the manager's office appears to have killed Duckman and is w- and now wearing his top coat. His like with like mm-hmm. a gash in the back and yeah. a blood and blood stains, <laughs> looking good. Yeah, um, yeah. So Danny figures out, you know, what I should do is go check the upper balcony, which on the way up, he sees the Ripper and is like trying to avoid eye contact up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Jack is surveying the crowd in the lower balcony. He spots Schwarzenegger schmoozing, which is great. It's also hard to say. <laughs> Danny, Danny calls out Danny calls out to Jack. He's like, Jack, the Ripper's here. And like he sees that the Ripper is preparing to hurl his scythe or whatever the fuck that axe is. Weird axe. And yeah. Schwarzenegger from the upper balcony pulls his gun and as he's prepared to shoot, he has this like 
PTSD flashback, I guess, from the, the cold opening, like, freezes. He can't yeah. get the shot off. Mm-hmm. Um, screaming breaks That begs out. the question, then, why didn't the Ripper throw the axe if nothing stopped him? Yeah, I, because maybe because people started screaming and it distracted him. I don't know. But as the screaming breaks out, Schwarzenegger, the real Schwarzenegger, tackles Jack Slater who is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the Ripper runs off instead of trying to, why not throw the axe and try to kill one of them at that moment? <laughs> I don't know. Why not but kill he, like, one does of them? the old like Errol Flynn, like I'm going to ride yeah. down the curtain. Like, Which with- is cool. <laughs> fine. Or Sloth Loves Chunk. Like the sale. Um, He's more of a Schwarzen- sloth looking guy in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Schwarzenegger gets a good look at Jack and is stunned at how much Jack Slater looks like him. He gets him off and says, the studio should have, you know, should let me know when they're planning a, a stunt like this and raves that he's like, you're the best lookalike I've ever seen. And <laughs> he does start saying like, we should do like, we could do mall openings and whatever, like <laughs> call my agent or whatever. Really, like, really schmaltzy kind of shit. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I love that like, I love that Schwarzenegger is still like hustling. Yeah, can <laughs> be a live action most, me in a planet. We do Hollywood. have to acknowledge, like at this time, post Terminator Two, Schwarzenegger was the biggest star in the world. In the world, for like that period, probably like ninety one to ninety three or four. Right, he was the biggest star in the world, and he's like, yeah, talking about like Mall we could openings. open like a what a Ford dealerships or some shit. Yeah. We could and do a great American Cookie Company. Opening. You know. <laughs> I mean, acting acting is more of a, a hobby for him after being an entrepreneur, it sounds like. So, like, the yeah, Planet Hollywood. Well, I like that he's poking fun of himself with all the Planet Hollywood talk and like and shit like this, I think, is like just making fun of himself. I love it. I read yeah. somewhere that it was, it was talking about this movie in particular and talking about like, was it to was it to try to get people to Planet Hollywood and how is like, if so, then like, why weren't? Why couldn't he get Bruce Willis in this movie? That it is odd that those guys didn't show up on the red carpet right. to me. Like that yeah. would have been the time for them to make their appearance. Right. Um, we then see Danny's pursuing the Ripper who's leaving, but of course, instead he gets captured by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, that's what yeah. happens. Schwarzenegger follows after Jack's like, call my agent. Let's hook something up. Jack's like, get the fuck away from me. He's, he's like, like, I hate you. Like, you yeah, brought like, me nothing but pain. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like which is dark. It's sad. It's like, I don't even want to know you. So like, Jack bursts out on the street. It's raining. He like grabs, like people are mobbing him thinking he's like Schwarzenegger. Like he's asking this woman, he's like, you seen a little boy? Do you seen the guy? Like at that uh-huh. moment, they like hear something, they like look up on the roof and like this look of dread comes over Jack's it's face. It's like he knows, I guess, where the Ripper yeah. must be That's taking right. him. The roof is always where it ends. It's like the Ripper is the living the only existence that he knows. <laughs> Rooftop <laughs> child murder. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been a movie. If you've got, you got, you got a thing, you got to stick to it. That's right. When when you've got a specialty, we see the Ripper holding Danny hostage, just like Jack's son in Jack Slater three. The Ripper tells Jack, toss a gun, Jack, which he does right off the roof. Jack tells Ripper to let the kid go. And and let's do this uh, mano a mano. Ripper says, haven't we done all this before, Jack? See, that's the weird shit, right? Like, is this a Ripper who's already lived the end of Jack, Jack Ripper 3, where presumably he fell off a roof and was yeah. killed? I think that's like once once that movie's rolled one time, we're supposed to assume, we're supposed to believe that Ripper... He knows what his role is yeah. and the, like it's how like, it ends it is, for him. It's sort of like Groundhog Day in that regard. Who knows? This is also the bit where Ripper like reveals that he's basically gone rogue. Right. Like yeah. from what it is that Benedict wanted him to do. He's like, you know, 
Benedict wanted me to do whatever, but you know what? This is where it's got to end for us. Yeah, he's like, yeah. we should we'll just skip to the end and like just chucks Danny right off the roof. <laughs> um, and then he throws his axe again at Jack, but misses. And then Jack gets the axe and comes for him and then hacks at that electrical junction box that's always on the roof of buildings. Because it's pouring rain again, of course. Like, and then um, yeah. Ripper gets electrocuted a la face in Tango and Cash. Well, it's a very elaborate way to kill an unarmed man while, right. you, while you have an axe. And you have an axe. But but I'm going to electrocute him instead. Um, as, as Ripper's dying, yells, I'll be back. And Jack's like, the hell you will. That was a missed opportunity for me. That's where, like, Jack is supposed to say, that's my line. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That would have been excellent. Fuck yes. That's my line, asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I um, mean, like, let's get meta. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Should have doubled down. Jack hears Danny calling for help. We see Danny clinging to a statue on the side of the building across across the alley. So I'm not sure how physics <laughs> works, but I'm, yeah. I'm almost certain that if you if you tumble off the side of a building, you don't tumble at almost a like at an angle so severe that you land on a statue across the street. That had to be 15 to 20 feet yeah. across yeah. that alley. Maybe he wall kicked like Mario and just like bounced. <laughs> or Chun-Li. Yeah. <laughs> or Vega. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, Jack tosses a cable over the side of the building and rappels down. He tells Danny, you've got to let go and I'll catch you. You've got to believe in me. Mm-hmm. Danny... That's the payoff, like, uh, I guess, to that subplot of like Danny losing yeah. faith. Yeah, he's like, you got to hold on with your feet, right? Reach out with says, your feelings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny, let's, wait, hold on. Was yeah. it weird to you guys? There was a big ass Acme sign on one of the buildings. That's like, just, are we not? It was not the fake. Yeah, Jack Slater world. I saw that thing. too. Why is there an Acme sign That's in the real great, world? No and one it, knows. And it's like it's again. Are they phoning it in? Was this just another reused? I don't set? know anymore. Are we supposed to or believe is it like that Total this Recall? Is, you don't know what's real no, anymore. That was the set they used for the cold open, and they just reused maybe, it. Maybe yeah. that's a good that's a good point too. So uh, yeah, he tells Danny, "You got to let go, and I'm going to catch you." So Danny lets go. Jack does catch him, and then like awesome, like flings him back up onto the rooftop, which I kind of feel like Arnold full strength could do that to yeah. an 11 year old. Yeah, I buy it. That would have hurt though. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, again, he like climbs up on the roof and he's like, I think I dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> yes, that's uh-huh. great. Where he's like, Oh, my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and then Benedict appears and just starts like he opens fire, starts shooting. Um, he tells them I can use this ticket to keep bringing movie villains into the real world. And they're, they're lying. Apparently he's, he's been holding interviews. Yeah. They've been lining up to come because bad guys can win in the real he starts, world. Yeah. He makes the weird references to like Hannibal Lecter yeah. and yeah. other like movie villains. The, the references are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love the references. Again, bring them all at the same time. Yeah, it's like why? Why have you been talking he about this? Why like, he, he is. He's saying they're all lining up to yeah. come. They. Why didn't you bring them? That fatal flaw, like where all the ninjas wait to their turn to attack. Like no, right. or maybe it's that thing of like he's in the real world and he's not bound by those movie rules anymore, except that he's like still can't really break free. But I also, them. I also yeah. think that given what happens here with the gun, with the fake fire, that Benedict is playing the role that he knows he's supposed to play, which is the fallacy of the the 
over talking villain. Like he's playing yeah. it because he because he knows he's supposed to shoot and talk and then run out of bullets. So he he appears to run out of bullets. Jack steps out from hiding, but Benedict says, "No, I just left a chamber chamber empty." So I kind of get the feeling that Benedict at that moment is like, "I'm smarter than you because I'm I am playing what you expect. I'm playing the movie part, but I'm too smart. I've got one more bullet." Mm-hmm. And he shoots Jack full on in the chest. Uh, Danny then takes a run at Benedict. Benedict like knocks him away with the pistol. He goes down crying and saying like, my arm's broken. My arm's broken. Um, <laughs> um, Benedict turns his attention back to Jack um, while he's reloading. Then Danny blindsides him, like knocks the he gun away. He faked the, fake the yeah, arm He the arm breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, knocks the gun away. Then Benedict whips the magic ticket out. We guess he's probably thinking like, I'm going to try to just jump worlds right now. That's what it seemed like. There are no rules. That's right. It kind of seems like, like he should be able to. He's he, figured out how to master, I guess, command of this ticket. Yeah, you get the feeling that this is the way it's worked for him the whole time. Like at any moment, he can just yeah. jump. He can warp for for one of a better mm-hmm. way. He he can play the flute in Mario Three and, and jump <laughs> <Yeah>. worlds. So, <laughs> yes. So, um, Danny tosses the gun to Jack, who shoots Benedict right in his exploding eye, which is awesome. Yes. There's a big rooftop explosion. Miraculously, neither Jack or Danny is hurt by this. Then the magic ticket flutters down to the street in front of an art house showing of the seventh seal. Um, It's still glowing. Yeah, it seems to activate or whatever. This is maybe my favorite part of the whole movie, where Ian, Sir Ian McKellen, <laughs> Sir Ian. Plague, plague Death, and this is an inspired bit of casting. It's, it's not a cameo, because he wasn't like a star at that time, either. No, not I think not, he was just yeah. like the most... He was a big star in Great Britain of stage. Like not, West End, not, yeah. yeah. But... Like for him to be playing this role in yes, this movie yes. is staggering and, to oh, me. And owning it in the way that right. he does. Yeah, and then but it's like this this movie quotes a lot of movies. Ingmar Bergman? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. Again. So Bill Death, and Ted. Yeah, exactly. Death begins to emerge from the screen. I love the scythe coming out of the screen and everyone's mm-hmm. freaking out. Um we cut to an ambulance rushing a critically injured Jack to the hospital. Danny's riding along. We missed a lot of action, apparently. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't. It yeah. wouldn't have been quick for them to be alone on the rooftop, too. No, he They're had to find an paramedics. They had to be like, oh, ostensibly Schwarzenegger would have been like, my stunt double's been shot. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. They w- would have shut down the premiere if there'd been a a shooting, right? And an you explosion on the roof. Right. The, <laughs> the explosion was big. Yeah. Right. yeah. It was a huge. The whole theater so, has caved in. Right. So Danny in the ambulance realizes we have to remember though we're not in the movie, but Danny's saying, I'm the only one that can get Jack. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of like He's like, if if I can get him yeah. back into, into Jack the movie, Slater world, he's then gonna live. this would be just a yeah. whatever, a flesh a, minor, a minor wound. He yells at the EMTs at one point. Take him home. Don't you understand? And my response was, no, you asshole. You haven't explained no. it. And they yeah, don't know when they are going to believe they, you. They mean Arnold, take Arnold Schwarzenegger home. So yeah. Danny does what Danny does. Pulls yeah. out a gun <laughs> and, and like waves it around. It's like, yeah, turn the ambulance around. Everyone, they stop the car, they bail. Which I love that because I feel like in a real world, that is what would happen. Like yeah. the crane guy. Yeah. Fuck like yes. If, a, if someone, if anyone, even an 11 year old comes up, just waving a gun around like, Fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah. Danny decides he's going to take the wheel, drive back to the theater. I love that Jack, like, 
do you know how to drive? Can we also talk about how Jack would probably be unconscious at this point? Yeah, and dead. From in shock loss. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So we I love we see death walking the streets. He like taps a policeman at the hot dog stand on the shoulder, and the dude just like yeah. expires yep. gradually over he, his shoulder. He chokes on the hot dog. Now, this is weird because he's brought his powers his into real, the real world, world yeah. but Jack wasn't able to bring his powers. Yeah. So this is not this is not Ian McKellen playing. It's so the the rules of this movie are so fucking weird. But anyway, we digress. Perhaps the the rules are if you are a thing that exists in the real world. So Schwarzenegger as Jack Slater comes out and he's only as good as Schwarzenegger, but Death personified has the same powers as Death. I, yeah, I think it's just yeah, I think it's just you if if your character is brought out of a movie you had you are imbued with the powers of that character you continue being that character but now transplanted into the real world yeah. is the only way that i can i can square it yeah anyway we see danny crash the ambulance into the the palace right the the movie <laughs> yeah palace. he drives he drives right through the front doors or whatever drives it right right the fuck through i mean it was condemned anyway it's going to yeah. be a cineplex so um he tells nick he's like you got to get fucking Jack Slater for like fire the movie up. We got to go. And Jack's telling Danny, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. And then we see death, like walking into the theater. Danny pulls a gun on him and tells, he's like, you can't have Jack. Death says, I'm not here to take him. I'm just curious because he's not on any of my lists. He doesn't exist to me. And I'm, I w- I'm just intrigued. Or is it just that Jack Slater can't die? Right. Like, right. is that, the that's thing? a good point too. I like that theory. There's also this weird reference that Danny makes that seems to be like a throwaway line to the fact that he had, his dad was like the dad dying storyline where he right. just says, I'm sick of you deciding who stays and who goes right. Like yeah. he's pissed off at death. Or there whatever. are so many loose threads of like side plots and unrelated things that could have been ignored. Yeah. We've yeah. never got the impression that like he's haunted by the loss of his father. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. They didn't make enough of it. No, we've, it's more about, and even, even the element that like this movie was supposed to have been partially about like on one token, Danny finding his courage and on another token, Jack being a real boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, da- or like that they Danny, were supposed to Danny's find a been, new father and Danny's he finds been a new son. Courageous the whole time. He just hasn't been, he just hasn't had the muscle. He or hasn't the had a gun. gun. He hasn't had a gun to kill people. <laughs> he hasn't had the will to the will yeah. to kill. He didn't kill practice when he had the chance. <laughs> right. He didn't have the will to kill. So anyway, <laughs> he pulls a gun on death ostensibly to kill him I, and <laughs> says, you can't have Jack. Death says, I'm not here. I'm just curious because Jack's not on my list, which I love. I just love Ian McKellen. But anyway, I, yeah, his, his, his phrasing of that line. I was only curious. Like it's so like, <laughs> it's, it's one of the most like, even, even so it's like quiet and like not really, um, strongly expressed. Like it's very powerful to like think oh, of it de- is death as being like this. Like that was one of the few things I was like, God damn, you guys did really well <laughs> yeah. with this one throwaway pointless character yeah. in this movie humanizing where's the rest of that yeah, personifying death to the point to where death could be like i was merely curious and i was compelled by him amazing. i wanted to watch death's story same, <laughs> same i want to watch i want to watch what death does in new york city shortly after that this should movie have been the ends. sequel death and danny yeah. 
<laughs> that movie would have been much uh, yeah. more entertaining. Death has a death has a much better idea of what his purpose is. They have like a fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Weird trip. It's just Death and Danny <laughs> yeah. riding in a car out to the middle of nowhere. I love it in an El Camino. So Danny yeah. pleads, like, please, like asking Death to like help me, and then like didn't he like Danny asks, "Are you here for me?" And Danny and Death is like, "No, you so, die. No, you're old, gonna you die, die a grandfather." grandfather. He's like, "I'm just curious why you don't use the other half of the ticket stub or whatever." And then we're like, wait, you can do that? Because that, Which, that's a, that's apparently part of the also, thing. how does death know about yeah. the ticket? Death knows the rules of the <laughs> ticket. It, yeah, oh my God, it doesn't even make sense how he knows about the ticket stub. That's presumably we, we have in the, in the box in the lobby. Yeah, so Danny breaks into the box, finds the stub, and then when Jack touches the stub, the whole theater starts to glow. There's like... There's glowing like golden light and like blue lighting. I think the ticket is permanently like turned on when a character from a movie is touching it. And I don't know what except, makes it work when Danny ex- is touching it. Except for it. that one time that Benedict wanted it to work and it didn't work. I thought he just got shot before he, before he used maybe, it. Maybe, but I don't know. maybe in that split second. Um, so we, the projector in that moment fires up and we cut back to movie world police station a furious Lieutenant Decker screaming out for Slater. Um, Danny is helping a wounded, a, gre- a previously grievously wounded Jack <laughs> through the portal back into the police station mm-hmm. um, where Whiskers, the, ca- the cartoon cat, notices and calls for a doctor. Jack tells Danny he's got to beat it back to the real world um, and that he's like, well, you'll always have me in the movies. You can always find me. And then I need you this sort of is this the way Arnold feels? It's like I need my fans out there in the in believing the world in believing me. in me. It's kind of like that whole like I don't know. It's like almost a Peter Pan type yeah, of thing. Definitely. Of, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I lose my powers Tinkerbell. if you guys don't believe in me. If you yeah, definitely clap your hands. We have to believe it. I don't yeah. believe in fairies. So anyway, Danny says I'm scared that I'm never going to see Jack again. Then Jack says. Anyone who thinks that would be making a big mistake. The old, I guess that was the Slater tagline, yeah. like the Slater catchphrase. Danny, the, the Danny said at the very, very beginning of the movie, like, oh, big mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. So yeah. they hug as a crowd of policemen are like running up to help Jack. Danny passes back through the portal, which we're still not sure how it works. The doctor, <laughs> I love that the doctor, the movie doctor runs up and says, this is barely a flesh wound. I wouldn't even call this a flesh wound. Is this a joke? Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so in the theater, Danny and Nick are watching the end of the movie. Um, Jack breaks Decker's newly replaced glass, just like punching through it. Like Chuck's like, it doesn't hurt. Like, <laughs> Decker, Decker's like screaming as usual. Yep. Jack tells him to like pipe down. That he only yells all the time because it's in the script. Like, don't uh-huh. be such a stooge. He's like, you're a comic relief character. Uh, tells Decker, yeah, you're a comic relief and I'm the hero. Then he like... It is wink. a nice moment. Yeah, he winks out to Danny. I remember that wink out to the real world, like being in all the trailers and stuff. Like, okay. And all the, all the Burger King fucking <laughs> commercials and stuff. Um, and then, we, yeah, we hear Jack saying he's tired of shooting people and blowing stuff up. And so we were like... What kind of cop? Does he want to be a desk cop? There's all this like dialogue that's barely audible and like this playing when they're showing Danny and Nick. But like, yeah, he's saying basically he just wants to be a decent cop from now on. Right. I don't know. It's going to be boring. It's going to be boring sequels. He wants to be Carl Winslow in Die Hard. (laughs) Or Carl Winslow in Family Matters. Family Matters. (laughs) (laughs) Carl Winslow anytime. Reginald Vell Johnson characters du jour. So anyway, Danny tells Nick, hey, we got to be, we got to be a magician after all. But Nick says, no, buddy, the magic was in you, which is, uh, (laughs) was it? 
I, I don't think so. Uh, the magic was in the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Benedict wasn't carrying Danny around to jump to warp between worlds. And then on the screen, we see Jack driving off into the sunset and waving goodbye. And that, friends, that's the end of that movie. That's the end of that film. In, a, in an alternate universe, in the original script, uh, Slater chooses to stay in the real world at the end. That's stupid. I don't like that. Um, as I had said, like in a previous episode, I think the the plot was different, like where Decker, Lieutenant Decker, partnered with the evil drug lord to try to try to take right, Slater right, right. down mm-hmm. or whatever. It was like super duper meta. But Slater in that film, Slater had a wife that was like a very supportive figure, like Ooh. who leaves him. And says, like, you know, I've been here for years stitching up your wounds and cleaning your guns and being kidnapped all the time. <laughs> like, So everyone's in on it? That's she's cool. sort of like, I just want to live a life that's fulfilling for me. So she leaves. And in the end, you know, he doesn't have a child or anything. So in the end, he's able to, I think, choose to stay in the real world and have that and that's make very, sense. That's very Truman Show-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I can like, also his have, eyes have been opened. Yeah. I could also have seen it going the other way where, like, Say rather than Jack getting shot, Nick gets gets shot, and Ooh. Death shows up to come get him. And the only way that Nick can continue to survive oh is to go into the is film? to go into the movie and which he would love. It's like in Hook when Toodles flies back off to uh, to Neverland um, at the very end. I lost my marbles once he gets his marbles. I lost my marbles once he gets his marbles back, <laughs> kind of thing. And then Danny inherits the theater as his groomed. In uh, air, it's kind of bad that we can just rattle off plots that are maybe more compelling than that would have worked. It wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have cost you any more screen time, and it would have been. It would have worked better. In but, in that original script, like the evil drug lord who was working with Decker in the end was revealed to be the projectionist character, the Nick character. I remember you telling who me was that. younger. I don't know why or how, but he's sort of revealed to be like at the very least an evil sorcerer mm-hmm. or maybe like the devil himself. There's bits in there that like, he's talking about taking them back to hell. Or Shit, it's cool. weirdly that- dark. It's unclear though what his end game was. Dude, I'd rather, I'd rather it be weird and unique than, <laughs> than like unsatisfying. In that version of the film, the projectionist, like in act one of the movie had given Danny this magical gun and told what? him that told him <laughs> like you can use this gun to take you know this is going to give you the power to take revenge on people who you know like a real when gun. you're mad at the when you're mad at the world and if someone's wronged you you can use this gun to take revenge so like use it when you feel powerless that's all guns and then, again yeah like, yeah, yeah so he is in this one it's nuts because he had sent danny into slater world like he plunged him into the movie right mm. and then told him to like remember the bargain that they had made it's like this whole like the golden fiddle some sort, sort of, of thing yeah, 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 some yeah. sort of faustian deal i was about to say yeah, he made like a Faust. deal with the devil or whatever yeah so in that movie danny in the final act started using the gun and it turned him into sort of this superhuman killer character like slater He's super strong and bulletproof and he's fucking kill crazy. And like, he's killing everyone sweet in the movie. Danny is, he's like remorseless. He's just mowing dudes down indiscriminately. See, that would have been interesting if he, if it had been like he was super bullied and maybe that was the aspect that yeah. they, that they tried to like cut out like, and they kept him an older character. What if, what if there was a, what if I told you that you could be just like Jack Slater and then he's transported to the thing. And then it's like, it's, but then that would have been super dark. Yeah, that's getting real. Like that's getting 11. real dark for sure. I mean, this was the R-rated script, I yeah. think, right? 
And like, it seemed like the villain's goal was that he would get Danny to sort of corrupt his soul Mm. or whatever. But then in that move, in that version, seeing Danny go crazy had sort of, and coupled with all of his wrecked relationships made Slater realize that he was on the wrong path and whatever, when they get back to the real world, you know, like Jack Slater is like, this is my chance to start a new life. Right. You know, like I don't have to go back to that world anymore. Mm. I don't know. It's kind of fucking crazy. Um, It's all very strange. (laughs) I don't somewhere. I don't know. It doesn't make any more or less sense than the plot that we got. I I don't know how the one film turned into the other film, Mm -hmm. but basically in that movie, Danny was way more haunted by like the loss of his dad and Slater's telling him like no amount of revenge or killing people is going to bring your dad back. And it gets really emotional. And when Danny gets back to the real world, like he sort of crumbles and, goes to the cemetery where his dad was buried and his mom finds him there and roll credits. I definitely think that there's a, there would be a way to do that, but you'd have to really lean into the, the, like the, the, the child going to the dark side. I also think you'd have to make Danny older. <laughs> He'd have to be yeah, like no, 16, that's, 17 that's why, years old. That's the age he was supposed to be in the version yeah, yeah. that the original, you he know, could not be wrote. 11 and be like, yeah, I'm, it's time to commit some cold blooded murder. Did Oh Yeah. I, one of the things I want to ask you guys, because you're you're definitely more experts on this and finding the information than we're I am. We're not experts at anything. Of course you are. Um, <laughs> but like one of the things I wanted to know and and throw into your court was why this movie is called Last Action Hero. Did you guys find anything on that? No. The I, guy that wrote it called it extremely violent. Yeah, extremely it was violent. Called but the then, original but then, draft. But then, but then the drafts just they started calling it Last Action or the Last Action Hero, and and I don't know the way. Th- I don't know if it's it was just prescient that it was kind of like we've talked about, like it was the it signaled the end of an era. They like sort of deconstructed the genre. Yeah. Well, like it, it, it was the it was the, you know, right before the Michael Bay, like all that shit went down and, and you know, destroyed the R rated action movie was gone forever. And it was it was like maybe it was because it was supposed to be a, about Arnold and mm-hmm. maybe those guys knew it was like, there's never going to be anything like this again. Never. This, in in uh, film classes that I took, there was like, you'd have a genre and then you'd have these various versions of the genre. And there was a version that was called the revisionist version. And this mm-hmm. would be like a revisionist action movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also, the version, the class I took was about Westerns. And the movie Unforgiven, which is one of my like yeah. top 10 movies, oh, yeah. was it a, a revisionist Western where it sort of took the the traditional themes of the Western and turn them on their head. Like mm-hmm. you had the main character was a guy who was a bad where the like sheriff's a, a dickhead, yeah. <laughs> a tormented soul. And the, and yeah, the villain was the sheriff and whatever. And I think, I mean, these movies came out within a year of each other, this and unforgiven. And I think it was a time of like, we're going to deconstruct the genre. And it, it's interesting how differently that can yeah. turn out. I mean, one, I mean, one of those films run best picture. So, right. <laughs> yes. And then, and then, and then when you really, I mean, if you even think about now, it's like the only actor in the world, an action star that, that you could put on a level and not, it couldn't be on the same level. It's like thinking about Elvis, Elvis and the Beatles is like, and Michael Jackson, those people have been that famous and 
they alone have been that famous and like Madonna and like some with, you know, a couple of other musical acts like that. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the biggest star in the world. Yeah. And right yeah. now the rock is the only thing that's comparable, but he's nowhere near. Right. Like, like comparatively famous. Like it's, it's that thing of where you could drop this person onto any street anywhere in the world and he'd be recognized. Right. Yeah. That, and, and in some ways, like once you, I like your idea of like, once you've defined the genre and it can't be, it can't be bested, you know, without right. changing the genre like that. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, the title, uh, yeah, whether it's prescient or not, it irritates me a little bit cause it's never, it's never addressed. It's another thing that's just like never, <laughs> never touched. There's, right. there's that one line that the teacher had about Hamlet being the first action hero. Yeah. Right? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's the closest they come to referencing the title of the film or what it might mean. Yeah. And then now I want them to go back and because I feel like that that's just a grave disservice to give a movie, give a movie a title like that, which is a badass title. Yeah. But like really double down on that, like make it like, <laughs> like we're it killing be, the genre basically. Yeah, right? Basically or, that's what it should be about is like, we are, we're blowing the genre up. We're making, this movie has to be the biggest that it's ever been doubling down on all the tropes, making it all ridiculous because, because we're basically, we're, we're scuttling the sub yeah. at this point. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's like nothing's going to yeah. exist. After. I feel like that was the idea when they started out. And they just is this is going to be, I mean, that's a good segue. <laughs> into my notes about the production of the film, which was just yeah. an absolute clusterfuck. <laughs> like somehow Columbia and TriStar, which were both Sony companies, like wound up in a bidding war against each other over the script. <laughs> and it's like from, and it just was downhill from there. Like, but the original script I think was, it was, and still is a brilliant concept. It is very Hollywood. that The script got, into the hands of the people that it was written to sort of mock. Right. And yeah. they did what Hollywood does and were just fucking wrecked and it. Destroyed mm -hmm. it. But like Shane Black and the other writer Arnott spoke well of the original script and said that it was like usually if something needs a rewrite, it's because it has problems. Right. But like this movie didn't really have problems. It was just such a gold mine of a concept. There were so many different directions you could go with it that that Schwarzenegger wanted to try to take it in a different direction. There was this article that I read from the New York times. I think that I mentioned earlier where they had interviewed Arnott, who had said a thing that maybe sums up those mid nineties, Shane black movies where he said they were, he, they were just trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. Like they had the concept of if we can juggle nine balls instead of three, isn't that more interesting? Right. And maybe it is, but just adding more things to a plot doesn't necessarily make it better. It could and also just turn into chaos. All yeah. I keep coming back to like if they tried to make this movie now, and especially I feel like because of um, because of the internet, because of all the different kinds of shows, because of Netflix, because I feel like we're living in an age right now too where writers get more notoriety. Mm -hmm. um, they're a little more to the four of things um, a little more famous uh, where people were more aware of the writing. Like if the movie was made now, you could talk more about like, why are the fuck are you doing this in the movie? Like a character says that, well, the writer said I had to like make it more about that. And you now even like tie the writers into it. Um, like the, what was the Will Ferrell movie where he was being written oh, by Stranger Emma than Thompson? Fiction. Stranger than fiction. Like that was a great 
Yeah, you know, same like have it same kind of thing of like where that. there's like a fictional and a real world thing just in the same existence plane of existence, which is fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. I think the other side of it too is something that you, I, uh, we're going in a direction of Kevin, where like what's more compelling to do a simple thing perfectly or a difficult thing with mediocrity, like. I, right. and, yeah, and I feel like there's a lesson. It's hard in it. Like, yeah, <laughs> show me, show me more. Sometimes you can make so much, so many changes to a thing that you lose what was fresh and good about that idea. Yeah. Yeah. In the first place. And the other thing, like I think about the Bourne movies. Yeah. Like, so good. Those plots are simple as shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't remember uh, his shit. Trying and to, trying if to... you have a good idea, you don't need to try to make it. So one of, complicated. One of the most compelling I've seen in years was uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Like it's it's yes. drive drive to the desert and drive back. That is the plot, and it, yeah, it's yep. just a chase, and it rules. It is yeah, it is like white knuckle grip the arms of your chair, exciting, and it has it has basically no plot. Yep, none at all. Like, have you guys seen Tenet yet? I have not seen Tenet no. yet, Andrew. No, I haven't. It's like Back to the Future versus Tenet. Like you can make an overly complicated time travel story or you can make one that's really simple and just done well yeah it's like you don't need to overcomplicate things if you just do the simple thing well yeah absolutely i feel bad in some ways for the original writers you know because their idea got turned into whatever it is that we watched i always feel bad for the original writers like the script i mean it left a lot to be desired but they also i think were fresher with their idea and then it got sort of hollywooded up or whatever yeah i mean there's this awesome documentary i think that i mentioned before about um it's on amazon prime called in search of the last action heroes it's just about the rise and the fall of the golden age of action movies Mm -hmm. but um there's a lot of great interviews. They talk at length about this movie and mm-hmm. about Street Fighter. As Which being, we're going to do eventually. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, we please, have to. Please, please have me back for that. We'll because have you I back. Love we will have you back for that. I want that. you on that. And when we do Kindergarten Cop, I want you Ooh. on as a, as a former teacher. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's like these family targeted PG-13 action movies. They sort of pin that on as like the, the downward spiral of the genre. But it's interesting because they did interview Zach Penn and Shane Black in that documentary. And Zach Penn seems sort of resigned to the fact that, you know, hey, we sold our script and we lost control of what it was going to be at that point. Yeah. Um, and it got too big and too Hollywood and, you know, whatever. The people that we were trying to poke fun of took control of the project. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then you hear Shane Black talk and he sounded a lot more like cynical and he's, he's always like everything. I feel like his his scripts are imbued with his cynical view of Hollywood and everything yeah. else. It's just like I know that this is sort of ridiculous and over the top, but it's like whatever, like it's, a truck, like a truck, <laughs> like, but like he, a machine, like a switch. He points out that the same thing happened to us that happened to the original writers is mm-hmm. we turned in our draft and they took it away from us and gave it to William Goldman and Carrie Fisher, and then it. You know, it became not even what we wanted anymore, and it's just like Kevin. I don't, I don't know if you can, you can relate in the job that you have. Andrew and I have worked at the same agency for a long time, and both like in the advertising world, it's like you turn in a draft that you think is like I nailed it. I read the brief <laughs> and I crushed it, and then the client comes back and says, "I love what you did, but we want the car to be a chair, and we want the mom to be a penguin, yeah. and then instead of." A computer 
could you make that a dog? And it's like, what? Wait, 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 wait. What are we talking yeah. about? But we love it. The idea is perfect. And it's like, wait, what? Like, the oh, fuck yeah. are you talking about? Well, that clearly, oh, you wrecked it. You, oh, re- yeah. wrecked, you nothing, wrecked it. Nothing ruins a good bit of writing, no matter its length or its, its purpose, faster than somebody who has the say-so at the end deciding that they want to put their stamp on it. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> so, they, so they can say, look what I did. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, do you guys know the movie John Carter? Yeah, that Disney movie yeah. about. Okay, did Which you ever see a that? Fair novel, I understand. It was yeah. an Edgar Rice Burroughs yeah. novel. I, I about the, I the Princess it. of Mars was the book, right? Do you guys know the story behind like how John Carter became the title? It was originally no. going to be titled John Carter of Mars, right? It was originally going to be titled Princess of Mars. Oh, okay. Like the book. Like the book. Got it. And then Disney decided, you know what? Boys aren't going to want to see that Oh, my God. So let's call it John Carter of Mars. And then they're like, well, wait, girls aren't going to want to go see it. And then they changed it to John Carter and nobody wanted to go see it. (laughs) That's like the joke. (laughs) I I did watch it. I thought it was better than it got credit for. Like it was. It was a good idea, right? It's just like. But you named it a terrible title. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, yeah, don't like just, or how about like war on, I don't know, war on Mars. I don't know, something, anything. Like It's like yeah, you try to make so something stupid. to be for everyone and instead right. you make something that appeals to no one. It's like, let's put every single pizza topping on top of the pizza. And it's like, well, no one wants that. You've never played the pizza game, my friend. I was about to say, we have to play. Andrew, when you come visit in Atlanta, we're oh, going to no. get we're gonna, this? We're gonna get Kevin. You we're just play randomly pick toppings no. or something? Well, I mean, it's sort of randomly, but there's there's a science to it. The, we'll explain it to you later. Too. Okay. I feel like the I feel like the viewers might want to do this for an a- action movie party. You can share the rules of the pizza game. All right, so the rules of pizza game, bef- I mean, we're already, we're at an hour. Who Fuck fucking it. cares? Yeah, we can run it if you want. P- Pizza I got game. more notes to talk about. All right, we'll, we'll talk about pizza game later. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, ahead. tell me about pizza game. So pizza game is, so whoever, usually it's, you go to the pizza place because it's someone's birthday and the person who's, bir- or there's a celebration, one person, they're celebrating some sort of milestone. So the person who is being honored gets to start pizza game by selecting the first topping that will go on the pizza. <laughs> okay. Then you go around the table you, you choose the direction, clockwise, counterclockwise, does not matter. And every person th- from there on out can either subtract or add a topping to the pizza. Oh. And then when it gets back around to the person who's being honored that day, they can bless that pizza or change a <laughs> or topping. Or veto it or, or veto, something. No, or veto, yeah. just change a topping. Okay. And, and mm, then whatever's on shit. the list, that's what you eat. That's the pizza. And it's worked out well before? And, and it's worked out horribly before. And it's gone poorly. <laughs> um, there's, been, there's been times when people have exacted nuclear options when a topping that they don't like is likely to end up on the pizza and they can't get it off there. And so they add another thing to ruin all of the rest of the pizza so no one will like it. <laughs> Just to, yeah. to burn curse, the landscape. Curse this pizza. That's right. The most, the most frequent nuclear option is um, Alfredo sauce instead of... Um, you start with a white pie. Yeah. Fuck if, it. If it's got anchovies on it and you're going to put Alfredo sauce, you've just nuked the pizza. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I want to we'll take it back to Last Action Hero if we can. <laughs> so if we can steer the ship. Um, production on the movie, extraordinarily rushed. Like right. the start of pre-production to the release date of the movie was nine months. The start That's of pre-production. Insane. Wow insane that that's it everyone shows. 
post-production was crazy. Apparently people were working like hundred hour weeks to finish the film. They, they were doing reshoots the, the week before the premiere happened. Oh my God. I don't e- I don't even know how that works now when things, when you're not, when that, that's film, they're shooting on film, yeah. a physical copy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The studio Sony would not change the release date. Like because of Jurassic Park, they felt like <laughs> if we if we move it, then it'll it'll seem like we're scared of Jurassic Park and that people will feel like there must be problems there with that movie wrong. if they're moving it. But everyone wanted to change the release date except for Sony. I mean, like at that point, a, how do you even ship the reels to all the theaters to show? I it? don't know. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, know how it happened. I don't know if it could Again, be people possible. Did, people didn't sleep. For days to get that done. There was like this test screening that was disastrous, including complaints about the dialogue being unintelligible, which I don't know. They you didn't, didn't need didn't a text audience to know. Yeah, they didn't have time, but everything about the movie went wrong. Like there was this marketing stunt they were doing with NASA where they were advertising the movie on the side of a rocket. Oh my God. But then the rocket launch kept being scrubbed and delayed and it, the rocket launch didn't happen until like months after the movie had flopped. That's actually okay. Cause that promotion is dumb. That's that's, yeah, um, it doesn't make that's, sense that's at all. Ludicrous. Arnold probably, that was Arnold's idea. It's unre- no, or it's Stallone's idea. <laughs> it was Stallone's idea. I don't know. For better or worse, Arnold had his hand in every stage of production of the movie. Like he wouldn't let the Slater toys have guns. I think I mentioned before because he thought they were for little kids. Apparently, he did ninety-four interviews in a twenty-four hour period. Holy God! Like trying to pump this movie up. Um, I mentioned before the producer Steve Roth. There was like an internal investigation at Stony about whether he had been using Sony money to pay for prostitutes. Um, right, all the latex and dr- people, and drugs, the like, people. Quote, quote actresses. Apparently, <laughs> like, yeah, there were tons of money spent on like massage expenses written to to, to wow. Heidi Fleiss or whatever. Um, he claimed he had no direct involvement in like production of the movie or where the money went, but the IRS was involved and like they found a paper trail that led back to him. Jesus. I don't know how I don't know how that investigation wound up. I think it was like privately handled. I'm sure it was settled, settled, out, settled of out of court. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. On paper, the movie budget was 47 million. Mm-hmm. I what I read was a, apparently it was more closer to like double that when <laughs> you had all the marketing and everything the like that. Like what I read was that Sony spent 124 million on the movie by the end of the day, like on all the marketing and everything else. The movie made 137 million. Didn't crack the top 20 movies of that year. That's domestically. insane to me. 93 was strong, dude. Yeah, no, I mean it was a it was a a banner year for motion pictures. Period. Jurassic yeah. Park was the top movie and the highest grossing movie ever at that time. Yeah, at that time. Number two, The Fugitive. Fucking awesome. Amazing that movie, that movie. movie blows this movie away. Oh yeah, <laughs> amazing movie. Number three, The Firm. Never saw it. No, it's good. It. I was too, I it's was... good, but it's just a drama. It's yeah. weird that number four, Sleepless in Seattle. Number five, Great. Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow. Okay. So, so like romantic comedy and family comedy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honorable mentions from that year were uh, In the Line of Fire came out. Amazing. Like Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's Cir- Secret yeah, Service movie. movie. Right. Cliff, Cliffhanger from Stallone. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love Cliffhanger. I don't like Demolition Man, also from Stallone. Stallone was having a great year. And Groundhog Day. 
Shit. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this movie stood no chance. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's not about anything though. That's the problem. Those like with a with a lineup of movies with stories. Those are story like so yeah. many good <laughs> stories. And then this movie, there is no story. This movie is this movie is um it's life of Brian. It's making fun of Ten Commandments. It's making fun of all these other things mm-hmm. and like fucking lean into that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do what you're going to do, but lean Go into it. Go all the way it. or yeah. don't do it. Yeah. 90s kids, a few other movies that came out that year, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Ooh, that movie. Turtles in Time. Yeah. I, re- I remember also like watching that one in the theater and being like, ah. The first yeah. two were so good. Oh, man. That we, was one where I was really disappointed. We had that one on a VHS for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. It got, we did too. It got the least watching. Um, one, and, yeah. <laughs> one and two, I think we nearly broke the tape. I just remember that song. <laughs> was that in the film? <laughs> I think that's the op- opening credits of that one, if I remember uh, correctly. It was, it was the movie that was in the, it was in the trailer, and then it's, it's in one scene of the movie when Casey Jones takes the fucking like the actual samurais to like a pool bar Ooh, to play the same Casey that. Jones actor yeah. from the Elias Codius, oh, same guy. Awesome. Other movies Free Willy came out that year. Fuck. I we saw that movie. Yeah. yeah. Badass nineties. Yeah. Cool runnings came out that year. That movie is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love some cool runnings. Rookie of the Year and the Sandlot came Ooh. out that year. Fuck. Rookie, right, of, well, rookie of the I'm, year and Sandlot are our two personal favorites. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could do a podcast on the year nineteen ninety three as being like a, a formative. As, like, I remember, yeah, definitely. I can remember like some very powerful <laughs> personal, like personal moments in John Arnold's history <laughs> happening in nineteen ninety three, just based on the movies that were released that year. I think Hocus Pocus also came out there, which I never did ass, see. Oh man, Ho- really? Yeah, never. Like, still haven't ever day, seen it. We should watch that. That's a good movie. You it's such like a it. thing for Sarah Jessica Parker too. She's she's never been more attractive in my opinion than she is in that movie. Yeah, super. And pale. she's a be- I think she's beautiful, but she was gorgeous in that movie. Uh, on this movie, I think ultimately the problem was that the concept was like ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. audience didn't know what to make of this. The Not studio didn't. Yeah, they didn't. The know The studio, what to do with the it. people who were making the movie, didn't know what to do with it. Like it just turned into a big fucking mess. Yeah, if you're gonna do something that satirizes something, you have to you have to clue someone in that is a satire. Like this like movie we wanted to, to have like, it both ways. We right? talked we talked about earlier. Yeah, exactly. It wanted to be a great action movie, but also make fun of action movies. Naked Gun makes fun of old cop movies. Yeah, uh-huh. and it does it with a plum. It is stunning. Mel Brooks, Spaceballs. All those things, sure. Like lean into it. If this movie had leaned into it, and really, I think, given Arnold more of a chance to like flex that comedic muscle and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like he can do that. He can play that shit. He's playing himself for Christ's sake. Like, yeah. And the stuff on the red carpet, amazing. Like yeah. when he's when he's lampooning himself. Yeah. It's awesome. I feel like the movie that that goes with um, Naked Gun and all of those others for action though is Hot Shots, and this like. Good call. This verge, Good call. This verges on the, the meta comedy, which is not, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just too early 90s wise or what, but it doesn't seem to have the like darkness that we have come to admire and enjoy. Um, well, we mentioned Hot Fuzz nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Galaxy Quest um, really, yes, really Galaxy knocks Quest it out of the amazing. park. Like it's there was there was another movie that came in the 90s that I never have seen. It's called Loaded Weapon. 
which was the like spoof of Lethal Weapon. I, it was either I think it was Emilio was Estevez tr- and, was say, and okay. Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. mm. like in a in a fake Lethal Weapon. They, it might have been a Mel Brooks. Or it, at the very least, it was that exact thing, like Hot yeah. Shots was. I never have seen it, but I, I don't think they did it very well. Yeah. Um, but this movie totally. You need to either lean in or not try to do it at all. This movie, yeah. I feel like, just wanted to try to have it both ways. Yeah. For this, it muddied the waters, and you had to pick a lane and stay in the lane. Yeah, like and is it gonna is it is it gonna be a movie world or is it gonna be you exist in this one movie? And if that's not that's done, fine. if that's not done absolutely perfectly, referential comedy or like writing is just like the cheapest. It's like it's it's just playing on oh you recognize this thing i think that and this is maybe going to lose me some credit here but i think ready player 1 recently i no 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 just, i was thinking the same a, thing it's earlier it's a load of garbage because all it is there's no plot there's no meaning it's just nostalgia porn and exactly. i'm going to refer to all of these things <laughs> it is nostalgia porn and if 100%. you recognize them it feels like oh this person gets me when it's they don't get you they just shared the same media that you did that's not the same I, thing. I personally, I read that book and number one, I didn't think it was terribly well written. I thought it was terribly written. And number two, I thought it was just like, this is someone that's just, it's like reaching out. Basically he was taking the same premises like who frames Roger rabbit or other, other things like that. And being like, Hey, you guys remember all these things that we used to love? And, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, bro, let's hug this shit out. We did, <laughs> yeah. I love Dylan. Remember how much love, better life was in I the love 80s? I love, you remember how we used to love not having sex? I love that shit. Let's <laughs> hug this shit out. Like, so anyway. That's a great call. Yeah, it's like, it's a product to me of having too many writers involved. Yes. It's yeah. like one writer came up. You, this is such a visionary type of an idea that you just need to have one person seeing it through. Do you want to know what I think that we should do? And I hope no one listening to the podcast copies this idea <laughs> is that we need to make the action movie that parodies. It's just like, and we'll call it like loaded cannon one or loaded <laughs> cannon two. And what? just call, like, it's just based on, it's like a movie that is the parody of all the cannon action movies. Oh, cannon. Ooh, yes. yes. Loaded cannon one. We need to do Cobra as well at some point, which yeah, I don't know. Do. I'll lend mm. you my Cobra DVD. But I'm just saying we need to, we need to make, make the movie, write the script that parodies the <laughs> cannon movies. I propose and a working title of cannonball. Cannonball. <laughs> cannonballing. Yeah. Oh my God! Cannon Did baller. I? We can chop this out because I don't want anyone stealing our intellectual property. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I had a brilliant idea of a time travel film starring John and I, or a couple of John and I like figures who hate Tango and Cash so much as a film that they use their time <laughs> machine to go back in time to try to stop Tango and Cash from being made. This is fucking brilliant. But you know would be in. You know be into it. Kurt Russell would sign on immediately. Oh, yeah. But then through the acts of trying to sabotage Tango and Cash, they wind up being the people who make Tango and Cash the <laughs> shitty movie that it became. <laughs> like they show up and they're like, hey, Barry Sonnenfeld or hey, Patrick Swayze, man, you got to get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. And he quits and they're like, fuck it. We'll bring in uh, Kurt Russell. Shit, it's like no. Barry Sonnenfeld, man, you got to get yourself fired, bro. Like don't don't do this movie, and they're like, yeah, we'll fire him, but we're keeping on with the film. 
No. <laughs> I love the idea. I, I don't do know how it could be done, but I want to write it. We should just, just write it. We should write as a it spec out. script. Because <laughs> that movie went through three or four directors and like multiple writers and everything. Like, yeah. it seemed like someone was trying to prevent that movie from happening. <laughs> And it still happened. Everything you do would, would just create the timeline that you were already living on. Cause you can't, you can't break the rules. Right. Exactly. It's already done. Yeah. It's already happened. Mm-hmm. We're cutting all this out because this is our intellectual property. I don't know. Yeah. This is our intellectual property. You can't have it for free. <laughs> <laughs> you come pay us. If you're listening to the but podcast. I love the hey, idea. You in Australia, yeah. you come pay us now. You guys, we hope that you have enjoyed. It's been a long one, but it's been worth it. I feel like. <laughs> Every Um, second has been crucial. Unlike the plot of this movie, it's been (laughs) crucial. Uh, We hope you guys have enjoyed it. Andrew Miller, as usual, we love having you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. We can't wait for you to come visit us in Atlanta. And as always, we'll be back. (laughs) 